0: Hello, and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, author and playwright Mark Antony Rossi. This show explores all forms of creativity for those searching for meaning and a place in the world. To err is human, but so is to love. Now, without further ado, here's your host... Hi folks and welcome back to strength to be human. We're starting a, a, a new series here called the uh, mechanics of Muse and this will be episode 89 what is talent. I'm sorry I'm a few days off of my normal schedule which I often advertise but I had a horrible computer problem that disabled my uh, keyboard and then I went up having to reboot uh, actually replace just about all the programs on my computer in order for it to go back to normal and that took a couple of of serious days over here so forgive me for that so let's talk about uh talent what is talent well you can look in the dictionary to find out what talent is it's an inborn skill or it could be a skill that you've created over over hard practice but oftentimes talent is either born with you're either born with it or, or you make it on, on your own so you have two kinds of talents and we'll talk about about both those first let's talk about the uh, the talent that that folks are born with okay uh from from the days of old um before we had science and, and before we became so rational if, if you want to call it that um, people felt that talent was something uh, from the cosmos, something from the gods. Well, then later on when we became one god, uh, something from God. And, and maybe there's some truth to that in, in the sense that when it, when it is natural, you don't know where it's coming from. And, and if you don't feel like really being bored by science on uh, yeah, synaptic relays uh, incredibly uh, came into focus and now they have that talent or whatever, you could you can you could take that, or you could just take it that you know it, it, it's still a mysterious thing, and we don't really have a clear answer. You know, uh, oftentimes uh, science makes fun of people who who believe in in things outside of science, like you're strange or something. But you know, when they give you this semantic answer, it, it, it sounds just as mysterious as as saying it came from God. The amount does admit you don't know either. Okay, that, that's what I'm saying. But what we do know is this: there are those that are born with it, and then there are those that, that work really hard at it. Um, you could use the old adage, I don't know how old it is, but at least in my in my lifetime, they used to use the adage of, well, you could be born with a talent like a Michael Jordan in basketball, or you could be somebody that worked very hard with it like um, like uh, Larry and, and, and uh, from, from the Baltic Celtics, and 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 somehow you become just as good as a, of a player because you work really hard and you practice and all of that. So yeah, I think there are the two types. And we're going to talk about first one would would be those that are born with it. Now I I you on on this, okay? Uh, going back to many things I've quoted on on these shows uh, regarding my father, what he always quoted to me is that God would make. 10 violin players in the sense of giving them the gift of being able to play the violin with the understanding that maybe only one or two of them ever actually get to that point. So it was almost like you know, God knows or the cosmos knows or science and, and the rationale knows and just the mathematics and, and, and chances that you know you could put 10 things out there and you're lucky one or two are going to come to the surface. And, and that's really what this comes down to in terms of math. We know this is the case plenty of times and we know uh if you've reserved anybody from your childhood you know plenty of examples on people who had a lot of good talent on a number of things whether it be music or, or singing or you know uh playing a certain instrument or, or writing or uh acting dancing uh, it could even be uh you know some kind of a craft that they were really really just gifted at and they decided to You know, for whatever reason, my my feeling always is that they just decided to to give it up because, you know, it's hard for some people to feel confident, even if they are born with a certain talent. And sometimes it's hard for people to stand up to the world because that's what you have to do when you have this talent. You have to now prove it to them, even though you've proven it to yourself already. And that's hard for a lot of people. It's why so many give up. So incredibly enough, more people give up on talents given to them by, you know, cosmos, God, science, whatever, than those that, that have figured out this is something they really like and they want to pursue it and they want to work hard on it and they want to perfect it and become until they become talented because they created themselves that way. Those folks tend to don't give up because they've already had to have the incredible amount of persistence just to get to that point. But those that have been given to talent, you know, oftentimes or not, they, they, they wind up disappointing. And even the ones that have now gone through the, uh, the phase of making sure that they can uh, perform as, as they should. Oftentimes, what happens with those folks is, you know, they have sometimes many issues to deal with. Uh, some of those issues can be uh, emotional, and, and some of those issues can be um, psychological. I mean, I've met a lot of people that have had enormous amount of natural-born talents, especially in the areas of writing. And either they've given it up because they can't really tackle all those other personal issues in their lives and it becomes a, dist- a major distraction. Or in some cases, they're just simply self-destructive to the point that you know one day you're going to hear something bad about them because uh, they can't get that together. And, and if you know anything about writing or if you learn anything about writing from, from this show and, and, and from me, is that it's absolutely necessary in writing especially, to make sure that you've done everything you can, you know, to make some alliances, to make some networking contacts, to make some friends, to do all that. You can't be a writer. You can't get things published. You can't get things sold if all you're doing is making enemies by the moment. And lots of people can be very self destructive that way. And it doesn't necessarily mean in drugs or suicide or alcohol or anything like that. Just just means self destructive for just in terms of their Worldview and their attitude everybody's an enemy, everybody's paranoid, and you know, and, and many times these folks actually know how gifted they are, but they still just uh, I, I feel in the end just, just throw it away. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it truly it, it really is a, a, a sad thing, but you only can do somebody so much to help people like that. In, in the end, you have to make sure that you can do what you can do. To help them with the understanding that you know you you might not be able to, to get them to fruition or get them to that project being successful or even get them to a lifetime of consistent and and, and, and excellent writing because uh, they they have so many so many issues and it, it's unfortunate that that happens. I mean it, it happens more times than I, I'd like to admit. I've known a number of people I've had to eventually uh, disassociate it with because uh, it's just. It's just ridiculous that they act that way so you can say lots of great things about about talent and you could say things from the dictionary or, or from the hallmark cards you know or from some wonderful quotes on the google from all kinds of famous people about talents this and talents that and blah 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 it's a blessing and it, but for some folks uh, it's not really a blessing some folks who've been given a the talent they often uh, either squander it away, give it away, or just don't deal with it anymore. Because in many ways, for them, it becomes a curse. Like anything, if you're not willing to carry it out, it's just on your back. Who wants something on their back for a lifetime if they're just not really ready to pursue it or, or want to pursue it? Just because you're given a gift doesn't mean you want it. <laughs> you know, and it certainly doesn't mean that um, it is the uh, the most wonderful thing for everyone. Uh, some people it is, but many people it, it's not. So. Talent has that, uh, that unusual uh, d- dichotomy that uh, it's not always falling on those that want it or in the end, maybe those that, can, that are willing or able to handle it. But again, let's talk about talent in, in the natural sense. Okay, Oftentimes, people who have natural talent in, in a certain task, they might learn about it early on in their lives and maybe just don't tend to pursue it until later. You see a lot of that in music. I mean, I've met a lot of people, and we've heard some interviews from, from some famous singers and, and, and musicians where they wind up starting later in life because either they just didn't feel like they were ready to explore it, they didn't really feel they had the maturity, or there was other things they wanted to pursue, or they were just simply un- unsure of themselves. I mean, it's it's an incredible, uh, not only a, irony, but it's, it, I think it's an incredible uh, pain to a person maybe even a certain psychic injury where um, they're given something and they know they have the talent but they don't really have the confidence that goes along with that now you could say you know on the academic level well gee how are they ever going to get the talent uh, how are they ever going to get the confidence or, or the faith or or, or the courage in, in in their talent if they're not out there trying to do something about it and practicing in it and exposing it and sharing it and all that sort of stuff yeah that's that's true you know, how are you going to get credit without getting credit? I mean, <laughs> you know, in the financial world, they, they say. So I, I, I got that and I understand that. But we're all talking about humanity over here. So things are not always going to make sense. and are not always going to have some circular logic. It, there's not always a bow on every one of these stories, folks. That's why we have writers, because we got to figure out the rest. How do you figure something like that out? You could chalk it up to a number of things. I, I, I don't like to go too much more into it. Other than to say that uh, a person can feel uh, they're not ready uh, and, and maybe just out of fear. And, and, you know, the truth of the matter is is that it doesn't matter what we feel looking on the outside. Because if you don't feel you're ready for something, then maybe you shouldn't be exploring it. Maybe people who engaged in it too early wound up throwing it all away and never went back to it. Because... You know, the timing was all wrong. and They didn't give it the timing it needed. They tried to jump into it and then said, oh, no, this is not for me, and then gave up. So you really can't, uh, you know, criticize or judge somebody too harshly on that, you know. So when I say somebody's too afraid to do something, they wind up giving it up. I'm not really saying that as some kind of judgment. I'm not sitting after the show and mocking them or anything. What I am saying is, is factually, that's what happens. It happens to lots of people. There'll be plenty of people that'll tell you that. Some of them have come back to it later in life and, and, and made a grand thing out of it. Others, that haven't. You know, I, I think um, a number of writers, uh, and you can definitely look at uh, people like uh, James Baldwin, and you can uh, look at uh, people like Jack London, uh, Hemingway himself, uh, many of these writers have started much later in life. You know, O. Henry, the, the incredible short story writer, uh. He literally didn't engage into writing until he was in jail for owing debts, and and then a, a talent he know he's always known he had, it just it just blew up for him. And he was able to put together some incredible stories. I don't know if that meant you know he needed the time and the privacy and the space, which jail probably can do for you in those days, because it's not like jail now where, you know, they, they seem to want to keep you active all the time. I mean, there over there they just put you in a cell and you know you're lucky they feed you once a day, but uh, it worked for him. So we have plenty of examples of of people starting much later in life. And I don't really think it's because suddenly they discovered they had a talent. You know, I think it's just a matter of, you know, they were suddenly ready, you know, to act upon it. And they've always known it it was there. Now, as we talked about, there is a, a, a kind of a burden for that, for people who are not ready. But quite frankly, there also is... A blessing on those that, that are. I mean, it, it's gotta be a wonderful joy for those that feel, yeah, I, I know I could do this, yeah, I want to do this. I'm glad I I got some tools to do it, and then we work on the rest and, and you know, and go forward. So we have plenty of examples of that. Charles Dickens is one of the most perfect examples of somebody that through due through financial circumstance of his family, his father got thrown in one of those jeta jails in England and he had to work in a factory and discontinue education. But he already had the talent for writing. And he was able to go from there. Never continued to education. Never went to college. Never did anything other than write. And he was able to do that. Why? Because not only did he have the talent to do so. But in many ways. it, it Sometimes it, it is it is our life circumstances. That, that, that drive people to do things that they normally wouldn't be doing. You know. They would normally not say. Uh, hey. Um. I like to uh, uh, do this right now because I think I can do this, even though all these other things are happening. Sometimes they they needed that, you know, that 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 push. And um, I mean, what more of a push can you get than your your father going to jail because he owes debts trying to support his family? Which I never understood the the logic in that, the English logic of it all. Yeah, let's put a guy in jail so he can't work and pay pay his bills. And somehow, why he's gonna magically pay his bills in jail? I, I never could I never could understand that. But I couldn't understand a man like uh, Dickens, who at the time was a teenager, but I, I guess back then, you know, 15, 16, you might as well be a man. That, that's pretty much how they probably looked at it. Went to the factory. I think it was literally the same factory his father was working at. You know, worked there, earned income to uh, to help his family. Out, and, then, and then went and went to writing from there, doing the stories and, and eventually the, the novels and and, and and the world fame and, and, and actually the money, the money to uh, help – Children who needed medical bills to support various institutions, to make sure his family, uh, uh, all of his family, the the one of uh, with the father and everyone, and then later on when he was married, uh, never had a, a care about money again. So, uh, boy, did he, boy, did he solve that, huh? And it, it's just amazing that um, something like that can be activated. But I think that's what it is. Sometimes... Um, uh, if not the life's duress or possibly just the the stress of circumstance, or in this case, a, a true need. I mean, if he wasn't working, people wasn't eating. Because again, the law makes no sense. Yeah, he can't support his family. He can't pay the bills. Yeah, let's put him in jail. That makes sense. So, I mean, he had a real need to do all that, to step in, and, and, and God bless him. He was able to do so and, and made an incredible career out of it. And you, of course, if you know any of his books, you you can see his heart and you could see where his mind was, and, and and the redemption that he felt that was out there. If you can go out there and embrace it, it necessarily doesn't have to be something that was religious. But there's plenty of redemptions out there that are, you know, psychological, spiritual, uh, God knows, financial. Uh, in in his particular case, there's that, out there, and, and he and and he's just telling people there's there's hope out there. You just need to work hard and go grab it and make it your own, so that you can move forward. And that, and that that's what he did. And, and, and that's, that's just amazing. I, I really think that that can be done because many times by giving up hope, by listening to, uh, to fear, we, we, we hurt our, I think in many ways we hurt ourselves because we don't really give us uh, our own selves a chance, you know, to, uh, to do what's necessary to keep, uh, to keep ourselves going, you know, in, in the right, in the right direction. So, it's great that he did that. He really taught us a, a major lesson, not just about writing, but in, in life itself. It's a good example of, of talent. Now, as you know, we have plenty of other writers that have talent, and many of them uh, were in um, dictatorial countries where they were you know, imprisoned or, or threatened. Uh, many of them from Russia. Uh, there was some from, uh, from Chile. But we have a number of writers. Um, I know uh, Victor Hugo in France had a lot, of, a lot of issues with the, with the way the government was working there. You know, literally imprisoning people for years for stealing a loaf of bread. You know, again, very similar English laws. Never understood those laws. It looked like they were more to hurt people than than, than to help them. But you know, if you don't have a uh, if you don't have a fair, decent society, <laughs> that's what's going to happen to folks. And that's why writers are often out there. So as uh, another man that that uh, in many ways. Um, had some natural born talent but it it took the French society and the things that he saw around them and unlike Dickens who was born into a situation where he needed the money he needed to step up because of uh, of the poverty and what was happening to his family you know Hugo was the opposite he had a family that was already ingrained in the government and in the military and they had money so he didn't have any want for that but he had a lot of ethical and eventually moral objections to what they were doing with the government and, and how in the end it wasn't really creating the kind of society that he he wanted to see and that's that's important to to note that that pushed him into wanting to write and wanting to do things that were that were necessary to keep uh to keep everything going for him and and, and to keep his his writing going and to keep that talent you know to be uh something that was that was warranted and that's something that was uh, some strange fluke because i really don't believe that uh, the talent is a fluke it's there and uh, i'm never really going to know the full answer of why those that are born with it why it is there i've given you some of my my guess reasons you know we all lose a latch on one i'm one of those people that um as much as i might believe in in science to a certain extent i don't i don't like to take it to the extreme sometimes it can be very uh you know uh, hollow and, and, and lifeless and, and and without without spirit to think about you know um yeah he 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 won the neurological lottery and that's why uh, he is uh, so uh, talented in music and uh, in writing because uh, you know his synapses fell in line I, this when you hear something like that to me uh, I, i'm a writer i i don't feel i don't feel this the flair i don't feel the sexiness i don't feel the scope of any kind of truth i just feel some scientific guess and and then i'm supposed to take this seriously because you know, I'm not allowed to believe in God. I'm a caveman if I think that there's something else, there, uh, you know, beyond science. So, and I do, that, that's who I am. And i am never, I'm never shied away from that. But you'll understand from the show and, and from the things I've talked about with writing, I still believe that, you know, the human element is important. And I still believe that we as the custodians of our own humanity, if not our own you know, souls, if you just say you don't believe in souls, that's fine. Just the custodian of our own humanity. We're obligated to make sure that we're not captured, you know, one direction extremely, being religion, or another direction, science extremely, to where we're listening to, you know, lock, stock, and barrel, to so all of them. You know, we need to take, in my opinion, both of those 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 matters in our lives seriously, but um, it doesn't mean that we need to believe everything that's being said there. We still have to make up our own minds and as writers if we can't do that you know we at one point we stop being writers and we just become parrots and, and mouthpieces for whatever is out there the media or the the president or a party or some religion or a cult or whatever whatever's out there talking if we're just going to parrot that stuff you know we, we don't become writers anymore then we, we give that up and we just become you know some PR person for some other organization or thought or whatever we have to be our own selves and we have to have our own thinking one of the better things I found with people who are naturally born with talent is they tend to have, you know, the ones that carry through with it. They tend to have much more original thought than those that um, later on, you know, make themselves into becoming uh, talented and, and uh, uh, creative people. We'll, we'll talk about that in the second part of the show. But um, I noticed that they're much more original. Originality oftentimes is the real hallmark of people who are born with talent. You can see it right away. It doesn't fit what you've seen before. It's out of out of the ordinary, and that's what it's supposed to be because it is so original in that in that sense. So I'm not really surprised, and that's often a, a pretty a, a pretty enormous thing. But with that being said, even though folks can be original, they often need a push, and just because it's the original and because they're enormously talented, it doesn't mean you know, that all the confidence is there, all the wisdom is there, all the judgment is there, all, all the scope of what is out there in the world is there. You know, it, it it's like uh it's like being a marksman with, with a gun and, and you're just you're just perfect on shooting the gun and, and taking it apart and putting it back together but in the end, but in the end you, you never seem to aim at the right target because you're gonna have issues with with concentration and issues with uh, target selection, and and even issues just with the judgment of when to use it or not. It doesn't take away from your talent on, on the gun or anything else for that matter. But what it does take away of is it takes away, in the end, how you use it wisely and how you use it successfully. That's why a lot of those people who are naturally born talented turn away because they wind up using it in the wrong way. you know Imagine, imagine somebody who, who's better off at writing plays and then they just but they're so insistent on being a novelist, you know and they wind up failing at doing that. It's harder to do. they're not as interested in it. no one wants to read it, nobody cares. and they give it up. And it's okay to give up something. If you got something on this place, if you are starting to realize, hey, maybe this isn't the best for me, I need to look at some other genre. But no, a lot of times those folks, they just give everything up instead of maybe pivoting over to play playwriting, which is not the same thing as, as a novel. But it does have some aspects that are similar. You have dialogue being exchanged, and you have to move things along, you know, with, with action, but you just have to move them faster than you do with a novel. You can, you know, pander around with a novel for a while. You can't do that with a play. But you'll find a lot of people that... Um, They went from uh, trying to be a novelist to being a playwright and and doing that much better. Now, don't get me wrong. There's been a few that have done both, you know, but not too many. You can't really count that many. Oftentimes, people who became playwrights uh, came from other forms of writing. And usually it was a novel because that's always seen as the biggest accomplishment in writing or the biggest, sexiest thing. And, oh, I wrote the Great American Novel, you know, that sort of thing. You know, You you don't hear too many people. I wrote the Great American Play... Most people don't understand what that's supposed to mean. And it's not its not the same thing, because you, you can't, you know, if you do write a great American novel, uh, there's a good chance that ultimately it's going to be in all the different bookstores, and people from all over the place can go someplace close by and get it, where a play is not the same thing. They might be able to read it, uh, you know, off the internet, maybe, if you have it published, you know. But uh, in terms of being performed, its it's going to be in that city that you have it. Maybe it eventually goes around to everybody's city if they still remember later on that it's coming to their town or something. But it's just simply not the same same creature, and and therefore that becomes a a, a, a real issue. But that might be where people's talent actually lies at, you know, no doubt. And I, I like I like that I like that um, the people that stick with it they figure it out. Others that don't, that, that's a problem. And you don't know if maybe they'll come back to it later and figure out some other way of going about it, or maybe they just give up. But that's what I noticed, though. The ones that give up, A obviously it wasn't because of lack of talent. It's more of a lack of confidence, more of a lack of uh, of their own judgment of what they should be doing. You know? Do you know how many people that uh, that did one thing and they wind up doing other things successfully? A lot of people don't notice about Van Halen. That the dude that started on the drums wasn't Alex Van Halen, the current drummer. It was Eddie, the guitarist. He was the drummer. Then he realized he was better off with uh, the keyboards. And then later on he realized he was better with the guitar. He could play keyboards okay. He has a natural talent for that. But the guitar was where he needed to be at. And that was it. He took off running. Got influenced by that, that uh philosophy from Alan uh, you know, Holdsworth. And then Blam. He had his own style based on that and and went with it. Where the other guy went to the drums and he wanted to become very talented. Did he have natural born talent, Alex Van Halen to play the drums? I don't really know. He might be just that he picked it up and did practice and did really well. But we know one thing for certain that Eddie Van Halen was not a good drummer and he, he's he's just naturally better at the keyboards and then phenomenal at the guitar. That's where he's supposed to have been at. Even though drums, was ultimately uh, by his interview and by many things that has been told by even by his brother, who is the current drummer Alex. Uh, that's what he was gravitating to. He wanted to be the drummer. He liked the whole excitement of it all, and you know he he felt he was okay in it, but he wasn't okay in it, unfortunately. <laughs> it's just it's just amazing, though, how 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 that works, and if somebody can figure out. Not just that they're talented, but where that talent fits into, then maybe that's half of the, the of, of the journey of figuring out the, uh, the confidence and the, you know the controlling of, of the fear and, and, and the doubt that often will come. because I, I tell you something folks and, and don't be envious if you're one of those people that wasn't born this way, but rather became this way later on because you worked hard at it because you really wanted to do it and, and, you, and you ultimately fell in love with it. Don't be so envious that somehow they have some deep insight, and somehow folks that are born with it are better than you, or, or, or become a, a greater, a greater writer, a greater artist, or blah blah blah. Because it's not not only is it not only a case, but they often have additional. Uh, I, I feel psychological uh, duress and baggage that you're not going to have. That chances are you're not going to have to that extent. They carry a lot more than you do when they say uh the ones that were born with the talent uh, a perfect example of michelangelo uh leonardo da vinci botticelli raphael i mean i can name just about every italian uh, artist out there i know i'm italian too so i don't mean to be biased over here but i'm just thinking about in terms of uh the renaissance and i'm thinking about in terms of artists that we pretty darn know that, that were born that way we also know a great deal about about most of their personal lives. Uh, although I'm told that Michelangelo's journals, which had a lot of uh, uh, his expression of love for his uh, various uh, male lovers, uh, are still uh, confiscated in the Vatican. So we, we never had access to those. But we know, we know from some of his notes and, and, and that. And of course we know a great deal from Leonardo da Vinci who pretty much literally cataloged everything he ever did. You know what I mean? I kissed a guy at 2 o'clock, I went to the bathroom at 3 o'clock, I started painting at 4 o'clock. I mean, that's literally what this guy did in the journal, so I'm not joking. But we do know that just about all of them had many, many issues to deal with. Some of them physical ailments, some of them depression that they were dealing with, some of them money problems, uh, some of them like Leonardo da Vinci, uh, literally the political problems of, of having to, to deal with some of the great uh, rich houses back then, and, and hoping that, you know, and... One essence they're going to fund with his project, and another essence that maybe they don't put him in jail and kill him. So, I mean, to always deal with that, and they'll still truly be creative. It is a lot to be thinking about. You know, one eye behind you. This, are they coming for me? Let me hurry up. So, we know they had many of that, where you had plenty of other, which I feel are, 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 are writers and artists that, that work very hard at it that might not necessarily have had that that natural born gift so don't be too envious they they have lots to deal with it themselves and there's nothing wrong about you coming about it in a different path than they did okay and we'll talk about that in the second part of the show here which we're at right now actually okay so the second part of what is talent what is talent okay we know about that this talent that you could be born with you know and we generally know some of the the reasons they say that for you know it's a mysterious answer it's god it's you know synaptic lottery whatever you want to call that but then we also know that there is a, another half of talent that is simply man-made yes women made too but you, you catch what I'm saying here okay basically you made it yourself and, and how'd you do that well because you were interested in doing that to the point that you put in the work that was necessary to get better to be consistent You couldn't rely on the natural talent because you don't have that. You now have to work to get to that point, to get to that level, which can be done, which is done all the time. Okay, I always felt that I was in some kind of strange category because I always felt born to write and started very early in my life. But I always felt that I only got better through uh, going to different genres and always exploring and always looking around and always trying to figure out what I can do to be better I always felt I was a little bit of both I never really felt that you know it was uh in the bag and I'm okay I always felt like I had to do more I had to try to learn this and do that and I was just fortunate that um I, I stuck with it um I traveled around the world uh, working from the military I got involved in, in government and working for that for a while and uh, I worked in in finance uh, I wound up getting married much later in life and having kids so I was able to get to put together a uh, a rich and varied life that allowed me to, to tap into a lot of those different experiences, you know, to put in my writing. I mean, I still became uh, uh, more of a social writer than I ever expected I was going to be, but that's, sometimes that's what happens when you're exploring what your writing's about. Remember, we talked about before, well, what genre can I be in, you know? Well, for me, I've just about in, been in all of them. So, that's never been a problem there for me. I just I was happy with them all and still am. To me, it was all about what well, what am I trying to say? What's going to be my own signature? And that winds up being more social writing than anything else. That's just the way it came out for me. And I had to learn to accept that and 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 just, and just live with it. It's I mean, I wouldn't mind writing more horror, more science fiction. I happen to like those those forms of writing a great deal. But and I've written some short stories uh, along those lines as well. I even did a novella, a science fiction novella, but it's just not in me to go beyond that. I I mean, once you learn to admit that, then you you can just move on, you know? I don't want to sound disappointing in myself, but, you know, sometimes it's just the way it is, and and social writing just seems to be natural for me. When i figured out that's what I need to say and what's what I need to do, it comes out normal. It comes out, this is what I need to say, this is what I need to do, I mean, and that's so sometimes it's not about, you know, picking this form or that form. Sometimes it's just figuring out what your voice is going to be. And more times than not, I find that the self-made uh, writers, there you go, see? Sounds better than man-made, right? That The self-made writers, uh, they, they seem to find that faster than those that are, that are naturally born. I don't know if it's just because of, you know, the clumsiness of it all for those that are born with it, or maybe just say they, they, they're have certain blind areas that we don't have but we we seem to come along that faster and for me it took a lot longer than most but I was happy that it came about at least because at least I know the direction that I need to be at and I just stick with it that's all Uh, it doesn't mean I occasionally write a story that's a little bit different especially a fiction piece and that's and that's fine I don't mind doing that but in the end I know that's where I needed to be at now those that are the self-made, they, they could come out early in life because, hey, I want to do this and, and, and become somebody, or, or they could just do it later. I, I've had a lot of what I call the late bloomer writers that, you know, they finished up a, a, a certain career and, and now they feel like they have the, the time and the freedom, you know, they got an empty nest sometimes as well, to now pursue this. It might be something they're always as interested in doing, they just didn't really feel they could commit what was necessary to do it. And then they did that, gotten better and 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 to join the rest of us and many times it took them less time to join the rest of us than most because they've had a full mature life and and especially when they were educators they were already somebody that you know had a great deal of knowledge about literature and writing in general so it it didn't take them much much to get up to with us and i i'm happy to publish those people in my journal and be associated with them interview them on the show it's fun and, and, and exciting because um if we let down um, those uh, silly stereotypes, or, or even sometimes I, I feel people just have unusual biases. Oh, they can't be a writer. They just started five years ago. Really? What, what rule did that come out of, huh? Was that was that part of the Dead Sea Scrolls, that one of those manuscripts I, I just didn't get a chance to, to read yet? Or maybe it hasn't been you know translated yet? Because I don't know what rule you're talking about. <laughs> There's not any real rule. I mean, quite frankly, in the end, whether you're born with it or whether you've made yourself into uh, an artist, it's all about what's proof it's in the, in the pudding. I mean, uh, without stealing a cliche here, <laughs> if you could put out a really great poem, <laughs> welcome to the club. Thank you. You've got a, a, a wonderful, interesting, unique short story of put together an article that makes somebody think or a play that moves somebody in, in their mind or in their spirit. Who gives a crap if you started five days ago or 50 years ago? It doesn't really matter. It really matters about the results, and the re- if the results are not what you want it to be, or you know, and uh, as an editor, maybe maybe I don't want it to be. Well, guess what? Go back to the drawing board, see what you could do to rewrite it, and improve it. Maybe you need to scrap it and go in another direction, and do something else. But it's not the end of the world. That that's really the only uh, measuring stick you should ever have, you know. So that's why I always discount people—they have those those strange notions because it doesn't make any sense to me. I've literally gotten some criticism from people. I don't know why you interview people like that. Um, I've been writing like 25 years and they've only been writing like 5 years. What the heck? Psst. I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. Other than I'm probably not going to put you on the show. Because I-, I really can't have you quoting some kind of nonsense. It, it almost sounds you know, like literary bigotry or something. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense. What the heck could your gripe be? How about be happy that they could do something... And they worked at it, and, and you're doing the same, I would hope. Because if you're not, then I don't understand what it's about. Other than, you know, jealousy. Again, not a usual thing to have with writers. Just not. Doesn't help anybody on any level, in my opinion. It really doesn't. Now, those that are that are self-made, they do have a different journey. In, in the sense that they, they got some work cut out for them. Because you remember if you don't have that innate ability to to just scramble out some vocabulary or or piece some sentences together that magically make sense really fast, or just have something that's truly original versus maybe you're just working on the variation of of a theme, which I'm not saying is wrong. I'm just saying that it's not original. That's why it's a variation on a theme. Okay. Uh, You got workout cut out for you. Sure. But just because you do have that work doesn't mean that this can't be done. We've seen plenty and plenty of examples of that. You know, I've mentioned a number of writers that, that started later later in life. You know, there's there's a number of uh, of artists that have done the same. So not all of these people started from like teenagers and they were prodigy or something. That's more rare than you realize. Most people started later in life in, in one fashion or another. I'm probably one of the few writers you're going to meet that actually started writing at 16. Most writers started much later in life. You know, and I went right through the military and, and through the rest of my life, continuing to do so, writing about all kinds of different things. But that's how it worked out for me. That doesn't necessarily work out for somebody else. But in the very end, it's all about the effort, the kind of persistence you're putting into it, the controlling of your own doubt. The, the count the constant rewriting and and, and rereading to to looking for uh, peers and elsewise i mean you can meet all kinds of interesting people on the internet it's not like you need to confess with them hey joe uh listen man uh, i just uh i just started this writing thing man about like uh like i don't know maybe 4 or 5 months ago and uh, i always wanted to do it but i'm doing it later now so you think maybe you could check out this piece i wrote and, you know and see if i'm in the right direction man see if everything's cool i mean it's not like you need to say any of that at all Yo, dude, I got this piece over here. Why don't you check it out? Give me your thoughts, okay? And, and when you're done, I'll be happy to hear what you have to say, and I'll return the favor, okay? That's it. All right. You, you want to be a writer, okay? Great. Uh, you got to start acting like a writer, and it doesn't mean that you know you, you're, you're being timid and, and you're telling people you know your whole the whole your whole life story, okay? The minute you have to say these these what I call qualifications, then you know you're already ruling yourself out. Why is someone going to take you seriously? Yeah, I got this dude I never met before. He said he just started writing and now he wants me to read something. What the heck? You know, it's it's not exactly a great introduction. <laughs> not only is it very unliterary, it, it's just simply annoying. So you can do anything that anybody else is doing. To help, ask people to help you. Help me proofread this, help me think about this. They got plenty of beta readers out there that do it for free. You can exchange information, contacts, pen palin, whatever the heck you want to do. So no one says you can't do any of this, Okay. They're not over there looking at your credentials. Maybe you don't have any credentials, but I'm telling you this, okay? If you're a self-made writer, especially, you know, a self-made artist, what you just did that you're presenting to somebody, that's your, that's your credential. Good, bad, or indifferent, okay? So you can't start out putting yourself down, all right? It's another thing if somebody else puts you down. But when you're putting yourself down, I mean, where do you think you're going to go from there? It's how people hurt themselves in the end as artists and I don't care if they have the greatest gifts in the world they just started out last month or something okay this is all about just a few factors when it comes to talent okay talent born or talent self-made it will not last okay without the persistence of, of doing the act of whatever you're doing sculpting fire burning uh, you know writing you know painting cars tattooing whatever the heck okay without the actual persistence of doing it okay and then of course with the belief that you're going somewhere and that you're going to get somewhere you got to have the faith that you're doing it and you got to have the persistence of actually doing it if you don't have those two things faith and persistence it won't matter you you, you'll you'll be done with anyway okay so we have to always remember within ourselves folks and, and where it concerns what is talent, okay. We got to remember that you have a world that in many instances are not exactly going to be high-fiving you. Yeah, whatever. Then you're going to have a family that often like, really? Uh, you're writing an essay on um, a possible Bigfoot, but you you don't really want to go to law school. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking you seriously. Okay, sure. You're going to have family that are going to say that, okay? you're gonna have strangers yeah whatever so you as that artist as that writer not only have to have some persistence in your craft to learn how to do it and do it better but you probably have to have double the amount of faith just to withstand all the other idiots around you that are like poo-pooing everything you're doing or whatever you're con- conceiving yeah man, i mean i think this essay on the on the on bigfoot could be really useful um you, you gotta double believe in that, all right So you have to have that. And if you don't, I don't know how people can get anywhere without those things. And it's it's really the low degree or just the total absence of those things that, that really condemn people in the end. Okay? Now, they might tell you a different story someday because they're embarrassed on giving up or ashamed of it or guilty or whatever. Okay? But I promise you, you're not gonna find too many people born with it or, or just picked it up and gave it up okay that they're they're gonna literally tell you yeah my family hounded me to stop or my uh, family physically stopped me or the government said I couldn't do it anymore or you know unseen forces uh, took my pen away none of that stuff's gonna be said okay (laughs) all right it's not hard to figure out what happened and, and, and who's sticking with it and who's not okay because there isn't anybody out there that do that you're going to have some of those rare examples in, in some of those horrible societies where, yeah, you could be in jail for for, for writing a poem. You could be like a Havel, literally put in prison because you wrote a play about freedom. Oh, God, what a dangerous guy. was put him in jail. But that's literally what they did. And I was out there protesting him, by the way, in West Germany when it went on. I was out there protesting and, you know, cursing and spitting at the communist Czechoslovakian uh, Officials there in the, in the 1989 uh, Frankfurt Book Fair. Yeah, that was me there, almost getting arrested. Didn't care, by the way. Um, so, yeah, you're going to have some of those examples, but that's like, I don't know, less than 1% of everybody else that is doing creative stuff, okay? If it didn't work out, it's because they just didn't put the time into it. They just didn't believe in it. They just didn't have the. You know, the, the oomph, the the fire, the belly, the persuasion, the per, the passion. You, there's 20 ways for me to say this. You know, and I'm not trying to be rude on any of these things. But in the end, that's what you need to carry forth. And if you don't have that or if you don't want to get that or you don't want to figure out how to get that, you're not going to go for it at all. Because it takes so much to do and it takes so much to, to believe in. It really does. And when you don't, well, guess what? everything eventually uh, falls to the wayside on something like that. Because it's not an easy thing, you know, to uh, to have a wonderful voice and then just not practice enough to do anything to try to get it out there. And I've known plenty of people that have. And they just, you know, the one of getting married, having kids, and just forgetting all about it. Until that's that's just a, a dream from the past. I probably remember it more than they do. Because I remember all those people that are so talented and, and that gave up. And, and they in many ways fuel me and um, I don't want to sound selfish but we have to guard our own selves and we have to make sure that you know we're on the right path on um, the ones that us that, that believe and that want to do this and sometimes uh, I have to use other people's you know uh, tragedies on, on on losing their talent or giving it up or whatever to make sure that it helps inspire me believe it or not cuz I'm like I don't want to be like that person that means I need to take a week off to get my bearings. So if that means I need to figure out a different genre to write. Or if that means I, I need to just go in a different direction or something. Then I'm going to do that. Rather than giving it up. Because I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be in that predicament. I don't want to have almost my entire life going out the drain. And then suddenly give it up. That's how that's how I keep myself going. And that's the thoughts that I have myself. You know. And when I say this. I, I'm not trying to be mean to those people. It's just, it's just the truth. I mean. I didn't make them give up. God knows, I'm one of the people that cheerleading them on. But I've known from from hard experience that when you got somebody on that path, there's just not much you can do in the end. You know, sometimes I just have to cut away from them and just say, "Listen, and say, listen. If you feel you're back onto this thing, let me know. But I, I can't be there every other week. You know, saying rah rah rah. I just can't. I'm not one of those people to do that." Not because I don't believe in you. It's just because I need you, and so does the craft, to believe in it first before anybody else can give support. You know, it's it's no different than like like giving somebody a loan. I mean, you don't want to give them a loan when they don't have any of your job because uh, what's the what's the prospects you're going to get back? You might as well just make it a gift and don't worry about getting paid back. But if it's a loan, you only want to lend it to somebody that has a job. Then you might have a better chance of getting it back. It's really the same way on, on on something like that, you know. You only want to help and support the people that really look like they're doing everything they can to make it happen, you know. Versus those that you know they, they don't take it seriously, or well, they think because they have a natural born ability that's going to carry the day. It's not going to carry the day. You got to carry your own butt through the day because your natural talents they only go so far. They're not going to get you. Up in the morning when you're exhausted, and they're not going to get you when you're having that depressing day or that depressing moment or depression. Period. Talent isn't going to do anything about that at all. We got plenty of examples of writers that and other artists that have to deal with that. So you still need to have that passion. You still need to have that persistence. You still need to have the, the vision of this is what I want to do. This is why I think it's important. All of those things have to be there. You know? It's almost like an organization that, uh, that tells people because it has a mission statement this is what we do and the mission statement sometimes is necessary because it lets people know that this is why i would want to volunteer to help them because this mission statement jives with my own values sometimes mission statement is there for financial reasons yeah i want to give money to these people because you know they fit on what i want to believe in and what i believe should happen in the world well as writers that's really what we need to have and and we need to ingrate it in. I don't know, in our dreams, or a psyche, or a soul, or a spirit. Uh, uh, or we could be uh, like Octavia Butler. She literally put it on little post-it notes all over her house. Things that she needed to believe in. That she needed to concentrate on that day, or that week, that month, whatever. She needed the constant reminding. She wanted to see it all over the place. And that's literally what she did. There's literally photographs of that showing it. So it's amazing. But whatever you have to do, you need to have your own mission statement because talent however it's it's come to you it needs to have a drive it needs to have some fuel it needs to have some focus you know it needs to be able to get a, a kick in the butt now and then on those days when you're dragging and then maybe there's some days where it needs to like just calm down a little bit because you know you're going a little bit too wacky but it needs all of that because it, it can't do it all by itself so talent by itself is not enough it's why I, we have some other segments on this show that are going to be coming up okay we'll be talking about um perseverance and then we'll be talking about discipline because those are two of the other factors that go along with talent and, and some of those we've covered a little bit today about but you know we'll go into much more detail about that maybe give some examples and you know etc so that is it folks for me on on, on what is talent and, and, and its abilities, obviously, uh, its, its, it's joys and blessings as much as it's limitations, and its, and it's curse for some people. But I still find, more than not, that talents, uh, amongst all other things, stand, uh, it, that's why they call it the muse, and that's why they call it you know, the, the, the spirit, and that's why they call it the, the calling, if you hear all the things that we call it, they, they, none of them sound very scientific. They all sound very metaphysical. So, you know, I think it stays in that realm, whether you're an atheist or not, in, in my book, anyway. All right, folks, until next time, thanks for bearing with me on this. I'll be getting this out here this evening immediately. God bless until the next episode. This is Mark Anton Rossi, your host, Strength to be- Joe, and visit our blog at strengthtobehuman.blogspot.com.